0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Episode 7 of the Deep Ball Diamond Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Palolo. joined, of course, by my co-host, Chris Brox. Brox, how's it going tonight?
1: Doing well, Payo. How we doing?
0: Yeah, I'm doing very well myself. Can't complain. Today, getting back on this podcast, try to wrap up really the past week of baseball. And, I mean, it's been an exciting one. Give you a little bit of a preview, too, for this weekend coming up. And I guess we'll start it with the transaction that happened. I mean, it's still... Only two months into the season, obviously the trade deadline still a couple months away, but there's still deals to be made. And a guy who just got dealt to the to the Milwaukee Brewers, Willie Adamas, uh, struggling a little bit with Tampa Bay, only hitting a buck ninety-seven with them, goes to Milwaukee for two relievers, like J.P. Firestein and Drew, Drew Rossman or whatever the, whatever his last name was. Ross uh, Rossman. Excuse me. Two two relievers who who really haven't like put together any significant career stats but of course when you put them in the Rays bullpen or whatever the Rays do down there they'll probably be amazing right they'll be closing out ALDSs yeah. against the Yankees or something because that's just what the Rays do they find these guys from nowhere but uh obviously the key piece in this deal Willie Adamas um guy who came over I believe actually in the David Price trade originally when the when the Rays traded price to the Tigers but it kind of seemed like the writing was on the wall for Adamus with the Tampa Bay race farm system and how it is just absolutely loaded with middle infielders. We'll get into that in a little bit. But what do you think about Willie Adamas going to the Brewers? I think it's kind of a sneaky get because, honestly, Adamus has a real good glove and, honestly, he could hit a little bit.
1: Yeah, no, Adamus is a really good defender. And if he could start the hitman, he'd be really good. So I thought it was good for the Brewers. I mean, they have not had a good shortstop in a while. I mean, they were trying to uh, play with what's-his-name, um, Arcia, Orlando Arcia. They tried to make him a shortstop for the past few years. Guy was just not hitting at all. So I, I thought it was a good move for them, honestly, a low key move. So we'll see how it works out for them.
0: Yeah, he didn't work out, and um, what's his name too? Urias, who they traded yeah. for for Grisham. I mean, Grisham, I mean yeah. that, that also okay. another trade that you really don't think. Like, I mean, Padres did really well in that trade. The Padres got um Grisham, who's played pretty well for them, and Zach Davies, who was a piece of that trade that went ended up going to uh. Chicago for you, Darvish. But yeah, Willie Adamas, look, maybe the change of scenery is all he needed because today, actually, Thursday, this is against the Padres. He goes four for five with a home run and four RBIs. They win 6-5, the Brewers, in extra innings. So who knows? Maybe uh, potentially the Brewers find a shortstop, maybe for the foreseeable future in Willie Adamas, somebody could hold that spot down as they try to compete for the playoffs. And he formed a nice little tandem up the middle with Colton Wong. But with this move being made, it kind of signals now potentially the start of the Wander Franco era in Tampa Bay. He's the top-rated prospect right now in baseball as a switch-hitting shortstop. He's unbelievable. I believe he's still only 19 years old. But he was not called up yet. They called up another shortstop prospect who's another top-ten prospect in their system. Taylor Walsh. I don't know a ton about this guy. I was reading all over about him. Uh, he said he has a crazy glove. One of the best minor league fielders uh, in at regardless of position in the whole entire minor league so pretty impressive there but it looks like it's going to wait for wander franco brox because of this like the kind of a little loophole with the service time the rays don't want him to reach what they call like a super two player or the super two tier or whatever it is so that now this will if he gets called up by like mid-june he'll avoid another year of arbitration so instead of paying him now for four years of arbitration like because he qualifies like a super two player he would only get paid as three years of arbitration which obviously for a small market team like the Rays I mean that's going to save them millions of dollars especially if Franco pans out the way that he should but I mean what do you think about that like like do you do first do you blame the Rays for doing this I don't
1: blame them but I just hate when um, teams manipulate the service time I just hate it man it's not good for the game um like if he's ready to play play I mean I I heard that this guy, Walls, is probably more ready at this point the way he's been playing. So, I mean, yeah, Franco's 19. That's fine. But I just hate manipulating service time. Like, if they should just said that he's not ready. But whatever. I mean, yeah, they're no, in this, good hands. They're in good hands at this point.
0: They, they are. And we, we've we seen this before. I mean, I think, like, the first big one, I mean, at least that I noticed, I remember, was that Chris Bryan. I remember that whole big spiel was about him with the service time. And then, obviously, more recently, you had, um, like, Gleber Torres was a couple years ago with the Yankees. They, they didn't call him up to, like, the end of April to get an But that was more for an extra year on this contract. That was, like, the same thing with Kelnick. The Super 2 thing is more new for me. Like, I really haven't seen a ton of that. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, again, a year, a year of arbitration is a big number, especially, like, in Franco's case. I mean, he's going to be put – he's going to be – if like I said, if he pans out to what they think it is, it's, he'd be pushing up, or like, ten, tens of millions of dollars in arbitration. So – for them, I can't really completely blame them. Like I said, I think it's a rule maybe that has to go on um, like that uh like the MLB front office has to look at and stuff because it is a shame. It's a it's a shame to have to have a guy like Franco who they, they said he might not be ready yet, but, I mean, look, he's in A, He's exciting. And, like, seeing a young star like this is what the MLB needs for their, like, fan base and for viewership. So I think it would help a lot if the MLB focused on promoting these guys and getting them into the league rather than just trying to, like, let the teams benefit from keeping them down. Obviously, It happened
1: earlier just, t- this year. Who was the, the guy in the Cubs, Nico Horner?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, um, they
1: didn't they, right. put him on the roster. And they had Eric Sogard their starting second baseman. Which, no disrespect yeah, to Eric Sogard, but he is not good. He's not that good compared yeah, to Horner. So, yeah.
0: well, Horner actually just got hurt, too, man. Horner's a, yeah. good, Horner's a good ball player. The Cubs, too, he they is. churn out middle infielders, man. Who They had, like, Addison. I mean, they traded for Addison Russell. But they had Russell. They had Javi Baez, Charlie Barley Castro, River Torres. They got Nico Horner, who They drafted from Stanford, actually. I don't know why. That's just, that's just weird. But uh, he was the 1st time pick a couple years ago. But, yeah. Shame for him. Hopefully, he gets better. I saw him like pull his hamstring on the way down. But yeah, another uh, NL Central young infielder who's there. They got Jonathan India on the Reds. Nico Hornier now. Willie Adamas is in uh, Milwaukee. So hopefully, Willie Adamas can kind of keep rolling in Milwaukee. Obviously, he's been hitting a lot better since that change of scenery. So wish the best for Willie Adamas and hope and thankfully he won't be hurt in my Yankees. He wasn't hurt in my Yankees a ton. He wasn't one of those guys in the Rays that I really. Feared when they got up. Like Joey Wendell, I absolutely hate when uh, steps to the plate. Obviously, a Rosa but Joey Wendell was the one that pissed me off the most, man, because this guy just didn't seem like he belonged and he doesn't wear batting gloves. Um ugh, mm, Joey Wendell bothers me so much, but he's a Yankee killer. But uh, speaking of the Yankees, Yankees like starting to get on the right foot. I know they haven't had a great past couple days against the Blue Jays. They're playing their second game as we speak. But they did sweep the Chicago White Sox this past weekend. Uh, I believe it was the 21st was the day, 21st to the 23rd. And, I mean, potential uh, ALCS preview, what do you think? I mean, I feel like going into the year, these were kind of like the two top dogs in the American League. And I know the Yankees have struggled a little bit, but the White Sox have been surging. I don't think these two teams – um. Give you kind of like any like do you think that this could potentially be a matchup that we see in October
1: yeah no I mean I have the White sox come to the World Series, so um I would hope it's you know, these white sox um you know, that's a really in- intriguing intriguing matchup to see um for me honestly it's more because of the White sox manager who I will not name because I do not like him. No, nah, bring out bring on the to- the Tony La Russa, um slander. Guys are terrible, man. I hate this guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, look, we'll get to La Russa in a little bit because Larusa, especially on Sunday, I got to see. I got front row seat at uh, just like a questionable move. But uh, you say the White Sox maybe potentially making a run to the World Series. One guy who really shouldn't have been on their roster. We've talked about him a little bit, but he basically got non tenured, and every MLB team had a shot at him, and they didn't take him. I mean, Carlos Rodon has been absolutely unbelievable this year. One of the best pitchers in the American League. He has under a two ERA. Mm-hmm. He goes six innings against the Yankees, has 13 strikeouts. His off-speed, like, slider curveball was unbelievable against the Yankees. They were completely off-balance. But my guy, Jordan Montgomery, also went right toe-to-toe with him. Seven innings, 11 strikeouts. Both those pitchers did not give up a run. They didn't, give up, they didn't have a walk, and they both had, like, over 10 strikeouts. I forgot the exact stat, but that was, like, one of, like, the first times, like, it happened in, like, a long, long time. That I, I mean, Look, two lefties who, like, I don't think are, like, com- completely household names, but they go toe-to-toe. I mean, that fra- that first game the Yankees played that series was crazy. I know they turned, like, a triple play, and then Glaber Torres got a walk-off, and that's kind of where I'll bring it to next. I mean, Glaber Torres, a guy who last year, uh, when the season got paused because of COVID, like, he kind of showed up to the, what was it, the, to, like, the training camp, the summer camp is what they called it, uh, a little out yeah. of shape. He never really got rolling. Uh, Played all right in the postseason, but then this season, again, got off to a slow start, and it kind of seems like Torres now is back on track. He had eight RBIs the past series against Chicago in his last 39 games. He's hitting a lot better if you split his stats between, like, the first, like, 18 and the last, like, 30-something. But uh, hit a walk-off on Friday, too, hit a home run. I mean, I've always said this, too. Glaber Torres, I think, is just, like, one of the most, like, like, best up-and-coming stars in baseball. Maybe this is a little biased. I love how he's a shortstop, too, in the Yankees. So, obviously, he should get, he's going to get, like, no, the notoriety he deserves. But, um, yeah, man, I, just, I think Glaber's just such a good natural hitter. I don't like how people slander him on his defense. I think it's average. I don't think it's anything special. But I think a lot of people make it out to be a lot worse than it is. But, yeah, when Glaber Torres is clicking, too, it makes that Yankees lineup so much more dangerous.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, what are we going to bring out now? Fat Glaber. <laughs> um, yeah, I heard that about last year with the summer camp. That Glaber came in a little bit overweight, um, um, but you know what? Good to see him playing better again. Um, one of the bright young stars in MLB, so good for him. And the Yankees need him at this point, man. They really do.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Especially because even through all the injuries, I know Glaber did just come come off the COVID list. I won't really qualify that as like an injury, but it is still missed time. But I mean, it seems like with Judge going down. Then you have Stanton going down. Luke Voigt just got hurt. Now it seems like Urshela's been a little banged up. Obviously he's still been playing. But like with Urshela, like Torres and LeMahieu, it's like those three guys have been like kind of constants over the past couple of years when all these guys, all these guys have been injured. So those three guys in the Yankees order, they also provide something a little different too from the fact that like these, they're not just like home runner or bust guys. These guys are more of those like pure hitters. They'll put the ball and play a lot more often than these other guys. So when Glaber's rolling, like I said, I just think that it brings a whole different element to the Yankees lineup. But uh, one last thing that I want to leave off on with this White Sox series before we move on to our next topic: uh, You mentioned you don't love Tony Larusa. I mean, it's hard to get behind Tony Larusa when he makes a decision like this. You see, on, like on Sunday, uh, they tied, they go down four three the White Sox, and Chapman blows his first save of the year. Uh, Andrew Vaughn hits like a home run off him, and then in the bottom of the ninth inning, it's a four four game, and I I understand that like. It's a four-four game, but Liam Hendricks had not pitched all series yet. And instead of going to Hendricks, you go to Aaron Bummer, and like the Yankees lineup is predominantly right-handed too. So like Bummer, I'm not gonna say like I don't know what what his splits on against lefties and righties. You know what I mean? Maybe he's a reverse split guy, but I don't. I just don't know why you're not going to Liam Hendricks in that scenario, especially a lot earlier. I think honestly he went to Hendricks once the bases was were loaded, once it was. Uh, like once the bases were loaded and then um, he walks judge on like five pitches. So I just think that's a questionable decision. I know it's tied. And I know you're the away team. So maybe you're going to wait till extras for to go to your closer. But I don't know. I just don't didn't think it was necessarily a smart idea to leave Hendricks sitting in the bullpen while Bummer loads the bases.
1: Yeah, another week, another uh, stupid thing, stupid decision by uh, Tony Larissa. I mean, the week before was, um him not backing his own player for, Hitting a home run, up ten runs, and now it's not putting in the closer that you spent what? How much money they give him? Like fifty four, like three years, fifty four million, yeah. 54, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, thank God the White Sox brought this guy back into baseball, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you truly think that Tony LaRusso will hold the White Sox back then? Of like where they could be? Because I mean, that that t- the team is stacked, the roster is stacked, but you really, you really think LaRusso is going to hold him back?
1: Yeah. No, honestly, I've like underestimated the power of the manager at this point. So I think they really, he really could. I mean, obviously, you know it was one game in May, but he kind of cost them again. I mean, not cost them, but he put them in a bad spot to end the game on Sunday, so we'll see, man. Did I, you hope say not, too? I hope not.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I, yeah I, I think it'd be a shame because of how talented the White Sox are. I mean, the White Sox right now, too, I mean, they're dealing with injuries. They don't have Eloy or they don't have Luis Robert so I mean those guys Eloy. even coming back into their order you know what I mean think about how dangerous yeah. that's gonna be and like Mercedes like Mercedes was like an afterthought Mercedes is kind of just went in for Eloy at the at the DH spot and taking all that production so I mean you get him back too it's like it's gonna be a real scary lineup but uh did you even see Larusa too I don't we might have mentioned this like how he pinched ran like you know that new rule in extra innings how like if your pitcher makes the last out, you can go back one spot in the order so the pitcher doesn't have to run. Like one time he had Liam Hendricks running the bases and in the press conference the reporter was like, "You know that rule and Tony Russo's right?" Like, "Oh no, I didn't." Like that is brutal.
1: No great.
0: I mean like that like that's like something like that that could be like like a minor thing. Like you could be like, "Oh, it's only a May game." It's like well, Liam, had, like, what's, it's not that big of a difference, but, I mean, God forbid Liam Hendricks, like, pulls something running, I mean, that is brutal, and it just goes to show you that, like, Tony LaRue, like, it's just, again, like, throwing him into the fire, like, what is he, what was it, not 10 years removed from his last manad, manad, uh, cool. managerial position? A little yeah. questionable, but, hey, the White Sox, I think they have a good enough team to over, to, like, overcome that, but I'm not necessarily sure now that, like, they can like they they I I believe they could go to different heights with a different manager is what I'm trying to get at like they're good enough to still make the playoffs with La Russa, but La Russa may ultimately hold them back from like a higher goal than they could be he might he's not gonna I don't I don't know if he's gonna be able to take them to the next level but uh, enough with La Russa, because Russa at this point he's a legend he's a baseball legend I'll admit that I, I honestly did like Tony Larusa too with the Cardinals but maybe that was just because of Al- the Albert Pools effect and Yadier Molina I don't know I always I always felt drawn to pools in Molina. So Larusso was, a, I was what I was nine years old. So I wasn't really critiquing poor Tony Larusso when he was just like, all right, Albert, go out there and hit. But uh, we'll move on to our next part. We'll talk about something that it happens in the game. You hate to see it. We, we got our teams, but you know what I mean? I, look, I'm not, I'm not a huge Mets guy. I don't completely hate the Mets, but you see injuries. You hate to see him. And one of the teams that has been absolutely devastated by injuries this year is your New York Mets. Uh, what are we up to? Like sixteen guys on the IL?
1: Um, it was actually seventeen, and they activated Degrom on Tuesday. So yeah, it's back to sixteen. It will probably be seventeen pretty soon. But, yeah. Oh, uh,
0: who's going on the DL? Isn't that isn't uh, on the I.L.? Isn't it that uh the new like the new center fielder? Didn't he get hurt again?
1: Yeah, um, Fargus, He he ran to a fence. I think it was Monday night, but they haven't put him on the DL yet because they're waiting like an MRI. So. But yeah, so another one bites the dust, the next man up.
0: Yeah, man. Dude, is is the Mets center field position cursed, I think, is what it's gotta be the question. Because Nimmo's hurt oh. too, right? Yeah, Nimmo
1: has like a something with his nerve in his hand. Um Almora ran to the fence, he got hurt. Obviously Pilar got a pitch to the face. So I don't know how he's and first of all, Pilar is he said he can come back in like a week or two, which is crazy. But then and this guy Fargus too, so that's what Three, four, yeah. four center
0: like fielders. Conforto, like Conforto, I I count as like a half center fielder. Like he doesn't really play it anymore, but like yeah, I mean, he's yeah, played, he's he would have played you know, there probably. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I mean, on certain days, I like it's not like he doesn't play there. He's played there before, so he could. So I definitely think you could link Conforto in there. And that is just brutal, man. Like it seems like I mean the Mets are still in first place, though, right? Just, like they're still rolling a little bit. I don't, I don't know how. You got Cameron Mabin, who's Coming over here for a dollar. Does he have a hit yet? Does Cameron Mabin have a hit yet?
1: Um, no, Mabin is like 0 for uh, – he didn't get a hit today either. So he's like 0 for 28 or 29. That's he has t- not gotten hit at all.
0: Poor Cameron. Yeah, been- Good locker room guy, Cameron Mabin. I remember on the 2019 Yankees, he was – he was a big locker room guy. He got absolutely oh, violated though by – um, what's the pitcher's name on the t- – oh, Randy Dobnek. Like Dobnek. Mm-hmm. Um. Cause like he posted a thing. He's like, I'd rate like the series a 4.99 out of five. Cause like Dobnik was like an Uber driver. And then <laughs> Dobnik posted a screenshot of Mabin's DUI. He's like, let oh, me know if an Uber driver. But oh. like, Cameron, Cameron, Cameron Mabin was like, like that was that was like next man up with the Yankees, but poor Cameron Mabin. Let's get Cameron Mabin going, man. Maybe we'll get a Cameron Mabin on oh, there.
1: Let's get major leaguers on the Mets, man. Like they are struggling to get a team out there. Like even oh, I forgot. Yesterday, Dom Smith left the game with a knee injury. He uh, came back to but he was limping most of the day. Um, but it's really, I don't know how they're piecing it all together. And they are, they're on a three game win streak now. They're two games up in first place. So that's why I was talking about how important the manager is. Because honestly, Luis Rojas pushing all the right buttons right now um, with the team. So I mean, he's been a pleasant surprise, honestly. Um, working with the basically the Syracuse Mets, Um, you still yeah, have was, him in first place. I
0: was so. gonna, I was gonna ask you like I saw like yeah he's putting James McCann at first base who really hasn't played and I see James McCann making a diving play like it's no big deal. I was gonna ask you too when you were talking about Larusa like how do you feel about Luis Rojas? This is what a second year a second year yeah. there right?
1: Yeah, um so I, I didn't love him last like, year. Yeah first full season I didn't love him last year but I mean, bad season whatever. And then in the beginning of this year made some questionable decisions i was like well this isn't gonna be good but ever since the mets have gotten their uh have all these injuries he's been pushing the right buttons he's been doing some creative stuff to just get a lineup out there every day um someone said like he should be in the conversation right now like the the manager of the year so far which like you know it's may but he's doing a lot with the he's doing a lot with the little at this point so it's a, yeah, no, it's a good change for the Mets to have a nice manager.
0: No doubt, man. He definitely – I mean, you deal with that many injuries, definitely tough. So, good good for Luis Rojas. And one thing I'll too, say about like a manager, I mean, Edwin Diaz has had a very good year this year, too. He hasn't blown a save yet. I feel like mm-hmm. – especially your clo- – maybe more importantly, your closer, I feel like. But when you're bullpen, too – starts like pitching pretty good and like doesn't really blow leads like it's hard for your manager to look bad i don't know exactly what the mets stats are on their bullpen but again edwin diaz pitched better so like it makes his job at least a little easier and it makes rojas at least look that much better because then it's never like he has to deal with the oh who's pitching the ninth inning today you know what i mean it's like all right we got diaz he shuts it down in the ninth and that's that you know what i mean so yeah what's good for good for um Luis Rojas, I'm happy for him. I'm happy to see his success. It, especially after he was kind of like an afterthought as the Mets manager with that whole Carlos Beltran thing and then the Astros thing came out. Yeah,
1: but he was interviewed. Like, he was interviewed for that position, and then they gave it to Beltran. So, I mean, he must say, you know what? He felt like he had something to prove.
0: He definitely has something to prove. And listen, he's proven it. If he could lead the Mets to the playoffs, that would be a – Big, uh, like a big thing to put on his resume, but Mm -hmm. another big thing for the Mets that I didn't even get to with their injury concerns yet Noah Mm Sinigard hasn't he didn't pitch in 2020, right? He got hurt, like, in he got got hurt, um, hurt to get the surgery.
1: It was late March, so it was like the beginning of the pandemic, too. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. so he hasn't pitched pitched since 2019. I like, I mean. He gets, he gets another setback. They said he might not throw till August. Sinigard's a pending mm-hmm. free agent. Brox, if you're the Mets, like, what's the game plan with Sinigard come free agency?
1: Um, as, as the Mets are looking at right now that you don't know who's your next day starter, you got to give him the money. You got to sign him. He's not going to get a huge deal. You got to sign him. Pitching is expensive, and it's worth it. I mean, you know what? It'll be tough if he comes back and he's mediocre, but... You gotta pay for pitching at this point. The Mets need pitching, so and also would even you know pay Stroman too. But I think you gotta pay Syndergaard. They gotta give him the money. Um, pitching is uh, something that good pitching at this point at at least is like something that's very rare in the league. Like um, do they want to see Jordan Yamamoto go every five days? Mm-hmm. No. So I think they uh I think they give him the money. I think they do sign him.
0: Yeah, I. I'd agree with that. I think probably like in the Mets case, like the best case scenario would be that he takes the qualifying offer because again it's a one year deal. I mean, they're still paying him a decent amount of money, it'd be like ninety million dollars a year. But then it's kind of like a prove it deal. They could maybe try to sign him a little long term and maybe get like a discount on him. But again, I think that's maybe you run a risk because a guy like Synegarty mm-hmm. throws so hard, he's always gonna be susceptible for arm injuries. But it does bring me back to this point you say I, like you always have to pay for pitching. Corey Kluber, a guy who just got hurt on the Yankees, actually, too, after throwing his no-hitter, he'll probably be out another two months, which is a huge loss. He got $11 million this past offseason, and he threw a combined 35 innings since in two years with two arm injuries. But, I mean, obviously, his resume in the past is unbelievable, two four, two Cy Youngs. But still, Syndergaard, one of the best young pitchers in the game in 2017, 2016, like 2017, 18, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> Hope, the hope is that Syndergaard can bounce back and get right for the Mets, and maybe he'll give them something down the stretch, just like Kluber could potentially give something for the Yankees, at least, coming down the stretch. I know they lost Kluber. Hicks is probably out for the year, which is a tough loss for them. Luke Voigt's on the I.L. So, I mean, these New York teams, something, something's in the water in New York that uh, yeah. these guys can't stay healthy, which is a shame. But more on the Mets side, the Mets are obviously in first place, to my surprise kind of because I thought the Atlanta Braves would be the power, the powerhouse team in that division. And I think they've been one of – you could honestly argue with the Mets that the Braves have been the most unluckiest team in the MLB because they had Freed already go down. I know he's back, but you had Mike Soroka have another setback with his injury. Uh, Yanoa punches the bench. He's out with an injury. Acuna, he hasn't really missed a lot of time like uh, like at one period, but it seems like Acuna misses like two days there then a couple weeks. He's, he's like – it seems like he's playing with fire, Acuna, which scares me. And Marcelo Zuna goes out another six weeks. I know Marcelo Zuna hasn't been hitting great. He's only hitting about 213 on the year. They did just sign him over this offseason for, like, four years, 68 million. Because of how big of a part he was in their lineup, they lost Travis Darno too, for the year. So, I mean, no Zuna, no Darno. I mean, that's it's a big piece of Atlanta's order that they got to fill out and right behind, um, like, hitting after Cunha, Freeman and Albies. Because, I mean, you slot a Zuna and uh, – Darno there. I mean, those are two mainstays in the middle of your order and they're gonna drive people in. But with, without those guys, I mean, Atlanta's gonna need guys like Austin Riley, I guess, to step up big time.
1: Yeah, dude, I don't think like Acuna's fully healthy. He just I watched him was it last week. Um, I mean I know the walk off home run. Besides that, he does not look fully healthy.
0: It's scary, man. Especially because of how like Acuna like Acuna's playstyle, I think, definitely puts them a little more like He's more susceptible to injury because that guy does not play at 110%. The guy plays at 150%. He plays at a different <clears> speed. Like, he just plays the game so hard. So definitely a guy who, yeah, yeah, he's, you, you're going to run the risk. You're going to be a little nervous that Acuna sliding into a base potentially could get hurt. And that's honestly, that is what What's-His-Name did too. Marcelo Zuna. he's only sliding into a base against the, um, against the Red Sox. Like, that's just a shame. I mean, punching a bench and sliding into a base just not – not two ways you want to see your guys go down for the Braves <laughs> temple. What are the Braves right now in the standings? Are they what are they still um, third are they in
1: third? I think they're in third. They're in third. Do I know the Phillies are behind the Mets. Um, I can look at it right here. Yeah, Phillies are, the Phillies are two and a half out. Oh, so the Braves. They're both two and a half out. They're tied for second. Okay.
0: So, so yeah, listen, as like as you move on in June and July, you're gonna play those more divisional games. I mean, that's where you start to kind of see teams separate from the pack. No Zuna through that whole stretch kind of going to stink. Uh, probably won't be back until the all-star break. So, yeah, the Braves are going to have to hope. Like I said, yeah. Austin Riley steps up. Dansby Swanson, too. He got off to a real cold start. He's heating up a little bit, but he still has to get, uh, get right at least, and hopefully he can help them out. Another guy who I want to talk about with an injury, guy who I know – I remember we playing like fantasy baseball last year. You were loving him because he was, he was putting up great numbers for you. Zach Plesak. I mean, guy had a two point two eighty R. A. last year. Kind of came out of nowhere. He had like that absolute – Like, he got put in, like, the doghouse last year, I remember, by Terry Francona because he stood up for Clevenger. Wait, was – no, no, Was it him who stood up for Clevenger? Was it Clevenger? No, Clevenger stood up for him because, like, they went, like, out to dinner or something like that. And then they sent, like, police act down to the minors or something because of COVID protocol. But, I mean, this year it wasn't been as good. Still 4.14 year, right? He broke his thumb, like, taking off his shirt is what they said. I mean, that has got to be the craziest thing I've ever – like, that's absurd.
1: Yeah, no – um the thing from last year it was he was sticking up for clevenger it was, like on a live stream i remember like watching i was remember watching he was like saying some pretty stupid shit and that's why and he got sent down he was in the doghouse um and yeah that's i heard that and i was like that's just that's like a baseball injury dude here man like there's so many freak injuries that happen but like there's some stupid ones that happen in baseball um that's and that sucks for Cle, clevenger um the police act but uh Oh, that doesn't give me the vibes. He's a good person, so I'm not uh, not saying I wish any injuries anyone, but uh, the guy better better change his attitude because I just keep seeing like all over social media, like even like Indians fans like don't even love the guy. So, oh, uh, guy had it coming for him.
0: Yeah, maybe he did a little bit, but um, hopefully he can get better. I mean, the Indians have kind of struggled this year, and they're starting pitching specifically. Uh I tristan McKenzie hasn't been great this year. He's had a bunch of control issues. So losing McKenzie, losing Polisak, then uh just watch one. Not not the best best of luck, but hopefully they can get back on the right track. Uh Terry Francona can uh help straighten out the ship. But yeah, you're right, kind of Zach Zach Plesak does like I'm not I don't want to make assumptions, but Zach Pleasak doesn't seem like the most mm-hmm. um Yeah likeable, likeable guy in the Cleveland Clubhouse. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But possibly Another big controversy that we could be having in baseball happened yesterday, in yesterday's game, this is Wednesday, between the Cardinals and the White Sox. Giovanni Gaelos, who comes over from the Yankees actually in the Luke Voigt trade a couple of years ago, pitch pitched actually pretty well for the Cardinals, which I mean, again, he didn't pitch good at all for the Yankees, but he always he has he had a little foreign substance on his uh on the bill of his cap. You could definitely see it was a little darker. You could also see in a lot of other games he he's had the same thing before. He claims that it's just sunscreen, but I believe it was the second base umpire like alerted Joe West, who was the home plate umpire, and Joe West told him, "Yeah, give me that hat. like get rid of that hat." And that hat is going to be inspected in New York for like potentially like a foreign substance, maybe something that the MLB hasn't really like seen a lot of. Obviously, the MLB expects like pitchers they they know pitchers use pine tar and stuff. But maybe potentially something else that's helping with the spin rate. Uh, what do you what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, honestly, I didn't hear about that until you told me about it earlier. Um, yeah, I hate I hate seeing that. Like when guys, I think I think even John Means actually, I saw a video of him just keep like going to his glove, getting stuff for grip. Man. Yep. Like this year, man. Like they they obviously they fixed the baseball a little bit where it's easier to grip. Um, that's why there's so much strikeouts and um, yeah, the strikeouts are at all time high this year. So like. I just hate that. Like, stop. Like, that's just. That's not that's that's not an advantage, man. That's just cheating at this point. Like, I, don't, I don't know. I don't really enjoy that.
0: Yeah, no, neither am I. Uh, I know this is like kind of similar. Like, I mean, not really similar, but I know Trevor Bauer. Like, they said they said that a lot of other like baseballs too that pitchers uses. They're gonna try to inspect. Like, I know it was like kind of big news that Trevor Bauer. They were like they took one of his baseballs out from his start because they wanted to like kind of look at it, which. I think it's granted, you know, I mean, the guy wins a Cy Young, like, I'd want to, like, I think, and he kind of has, like, an uptick in his uh RPMs on his, on his like, off-speed stuff mm-hmm. and all his pitches, really. So, yeah, I think it's, like, justifiable that you'd want to see his, but I don't think, that, like, I don't think this is maybe on the same level that I think there's honestly a next step because it's kind of like how, I mean, you couldn't take Michael Pineda's neck off when Pineda had, like, that <laughs> pine tar sunblock on it, but, like, at least... Look, look, maybe look at it because obviously the pitchers are using something and I'm not completely against the pitchers using something because obviously they give them the rosin bag, but the rosin bag only is good to dry a pitcher's hand. So in April and May, maybe not really like the the end, like earlier parts of May when it's still a little cold outside, too. And like even like in the regular, what you will call it, like during the regular season, like even if it's just like not like necessarily sweaty, like the rosin bag won't help you like like drawing your hands not gonna help you get a better grip on the ball when you're when it's forty degrees out you know what I mean but the pine tar when it gets sticky will and it'll increase your whatchamacallit it make your it'll increase the spin on your pitch and make it so much harder to hit so I'm not necessarily against the idea of giving pitchers like some sort of a substance but what I'd want to see is I want it to be like uh what's the word that I'm looking for? Of course it's a universal
1: right one so everyone un- can use
0: Brox, that is exactly Every where I was does. going. Yeah, Yeah. I love it. I know, I think Bauer also mentioned this, but yeah, if it's universal. And something like they have like a specific substance and it's like, all right, like it's literally on the maybe maybe put it on the mound, like next to the what's what, next to the rosin bag or something. I don't know. And just be like, look, you guys can use this, and that's perfectly allowed. Because if you're just like, oh yeah, you can allow Pine Tar, but you can't allow this stuff, people are gonna find loopholes around this. But if you work with the pitchers and the players union and it's like, all right, like we're gonna use this thing because this stuff will help. It's not gonna be too, too overpowered, but it's enough to at least do the job and you guys are benefiting, but we're also benefiting because right now it's kind of like the only way that a pitch is really going to get checked is if a manager goes and, um, complains to an umpire, but what manager is going to go do that? Because then the opposing manager is going to be like, Oh yeah, he's using something because it seems like every single person's doing it. Like, I mean, this is one of my guys, but Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole, like every time he goes to touch the brim of his, the brim of his hat, like the brim of his hat, excuse me. It's like, what is he going to, you know what I mean? Like I what what does he have there mm-hmm. like some people hide it in their glove and stuff like that you said like john means so yeah i hope that they could come to an agreement and find something universal because i don't i don't like any of this under the table stuff you know what i mean get it all yeah. out and let's work together and let's figure it out
1: if everyone can use the same thing and it's not too crazy like they're not gonna make curveballs like absolutely wicked like that's fine i'm totally fine with that i don't need some crazy substance that's gonna absolutely change a picture like i don't need like matt harvey getting some substance and he starts having a a slider from hell like that so
0: listen matt harvey's slider is looking pretty nasty a couple starts ago against the I mean, yankees so more, maybe
1: you he's, he's, maybe, maybe he's, he's in the doghouse now
0: really what happened
1: He just had bad starts it doesn't look like i don't know how many more starts he's gonna have with the orioles he's out
0: don't don't worry. The next time the Orioles come to town, he'll throw he'll, he'll shove six shutout against the Yankees. and no, no they, we're seeing more like the 2018, 2019 Matt Harvey. Shame to say. Uh, but back to yeah, back to uh, even like the Astros and stuff. Like the Astros clearly got something going on with their pitchers because you look at like who they brought in and stuff and uh like how they're like i know uh, again this is like more of the stuff on like the cheating stuff came up with like with just the hitters but also with the pitchers and all their spin rates and stuff it's like oh how does it magically jump from one team to another so maybe like h- how is that a fair advantage to what the astros pitchers could potentially be using right now to what the rangers pitchers could be using you know what i mean like maybe they're both using stuff that's legal uh, Ill- illegal but one team's is just so much more superior so that's what i mean get let's get something le- uh, like allowed and let's every let, let's let everybody use it. Excuse me, but um, mm-hmm. poor Pittsburgh because the Pittsburgh Pirates clearly aren't using anything. I mean, you just look at these pitcher no. stats there. Unfortunately, everybody who leaves Pittsburgh, it's like Pittsburgh. They're like, "Yo, can we use this?" And they're like, "Absolutely not. We are all natural. We are not allowed to use any substances because poor Joe Musgrove, Tyone, Cole, uh, I'm forgetting some." somebody but yeah poor poor pittsburgh pirates pitchers but uh yeah let, let, let's get all on the Noah, same glass now, when it comes to glass, now. glass now there you go tyler glass now also having a phenomenal year now with the tampa mm-hmm. bay rays he's uh worked on a worked on a slide a little bit he was really only like a two-pitch pitcher in the uh in the playoffs for the yankee uh, against the yankees which i thought was crazy to be a starting pitcher and only be a two-pitch pitcher is just kind of <laughs> like a testament to those two but i guess that i guess it helps when you're six eight and you have the weirdest grip on your fastball because you have. You had carpal tunnel syndrome. But listen, yeah. if it works, it works. And it clearly works for Tyler Glass now. But uh, last segment, we kind of do this a bunch. We'll watch what we'll call We'll uh, wrap up with this. It's our Who's Hot segment. Brox, you want to start first? Who, who do you like? Who's been heating up these past couple weeks that you've really uh, taken notice to? Um, since
1: uh, I've had a little bit of studying to do, I've only watched it with the Mets. So I'm going to go with it's going to be an odd choice. I'm going to go with Tomas Nito this guy has been clutch and he's been on, honestly, he's been on fire. Like I think it was uh Tuesday. Cause he actually got rained out Tuesday. Um, he had a go ahead home run to win the game. Um, he's honestly, he's been on fire. Um, great behind the plate too. Like the Mets spent $40 million on James McCann this year, but right now they're riding Tomas Nito. Um, great <laughs> defensively. And then offensively, this guy is starting to really click. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with McCann, but, uh, I'm gonna go with Nito. He's been pretty good for that uh for that depleted Mets, Mets team, more like the as they call themselves, the bench mob at this point.
0: <laughs> the bench mob. I love that. Listen, maybe it's something with New York backup catchers. I know Kyle Higashioka hasn't been playing too too well, like really in the past month, but I mean he he's get, he's he's been playing good as a backup catcher. I definitely can't complain. But I'll stick it I I have a couple guys on my list, a couple outfielders, and then I got one one guy who we've talked about on this show who just deserves even more credit because he's unbelievable. First guy, Adolis Garcia, has 11 mm. home runs this month in May. He's hitting 288 with 16 home runs right now, which I believe is tied for the league lead at this point. Uh, this guy's 28 years old. He's only a rookie. He was designated for assignment. Every single team, just like Carlos Rodon, could have went after him. And they said, nah, somehow he makes, it, he makes it back into the Rangers. They bring him back up, and this guy's taking – the most of his opportunity and absolutely ran with it. He's going to be an all-star this year. And I mean, he's honestly, he's got a pretty nice swing, man. I, I like, I've watched him really for the first time when he played the Yankees, but I think he had a walk-off or he had a go-ahead on I think it was a walk-off against the Astros a couple of days ago. But yeah, I'm a big fan of Adoles Garcia, no doubt.
1: Yeah, dude, I remember, um, I remember seeing him get called up. Like saw him on Instagram somehow. Cause I remember his name. Um, I think his brother Adonis was on the Braves and he was like a, he was an okay hitter. He played for a little bit. And um, this guy's absolute hits absolute uh, rockets, um, absolute piss missiles. It's good for the Rangers. I have something going for them.
0: Yeah, the Rangers. I feel like the Rangers are like their lineup is honestly pretty. Like it's like a island. It's the island of misfit toys. Like the, none of those guys are like crazy household names, but they're like all pretty like under the radar guys. Nate Lowe's another guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind like- of Nick Solak's been raking. Um, obviously you got Joey Gallo there. He's obviously they made trade known. Gallo. They made yeah. a trade Gallo here. There's talks maybe that two Joey Gallo come to the Yankees. I Joey Gallo has a good glove. Obviously he's won Gold Gloves too. He's got a really good arm. Uh, I'd be interested to honestly see if the Yankees made maybe made made a play on him and tried to play him in center field because I think the Yankees need now a center fielder with Aaron Hicks out for the year.
1: Too.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean who, who knows who knows where Gallo goes. I definitely think Gallo could potentially get dealt. But, uh, moving off the range is another left-handed hitting outfielder. this time. This guy is in the NL though. Jesse Winker, another guy who probably will make his first all-star game this year. He's hitting 360 right now with 13 home runs, uh, 321, seven home runs in the month of May. He hit five home runs in a series the other day. Uh, I believe this was over the weekend against the Brewers. I believe he's honestly like five home runs and nine at-bats because he had like three of them in the same game. So good for Jesse Winker and, uh, yeah, maybe you help know, the Reds potentially make a play in that NL Central. And uh one last guy that I want to shout out. We've we've talked about him before, Brox. It's skinny Vlad, man. This guy's just <laughs> unbelievable. He's absolutely raking. Like it's I remember like watching the uh uh I I can't think of the exact thing. I saw such a perfect tweet about Vlad though basically, but it was it they were it was like, kind of talking about how he was like so hyped up at 20 then like uh at 21, he was kind of like everybody was like, ugh, like the Vlad Guerrero, like maybe he's not as good as we once thought he was, you know what I mean? And then at 22, now he's just hitting the cover off the ball, 333, another guy tied with 16 home runs, nine in the month of May. I mean, we kind of jo- we kind of joke about Skinny Vlad, man, but it like it seems that he's really got himself in shape. He moved over to first base, which maybe it's helping him with his hitting. Who knows? Maybe now he just has more confidence or something at the plate because he's just playing better in the field too. I can't be so certain, but listen, Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette is another guy. I mean, I'm not, uh, what's, well, I'm not like talking about him not necessarily as being like a crazy out hitter right now. I think are two of the most like underrated stars in baseball. And I think it's also crazy that these two guys are like in Canada because it's like, I don't know. You, just, you don't think of like the Major League Baseball League being really outside of the U.S. I feel like. So mm-hmm. like, yeah. I think it's pretty fun. I think it's pr- pretty funny that like, Two of arguably who could be their biggest stars because I think these two guys are two of the most talented guys in the, in all of baseball. Bo Bichette is criminally underrated. I'll stand on that hill any day of the week. I think if Bo Bichette was more, like, athletic, I'd get it, but he's still pretty athletic. Like, Bo Bichette, man, and Tatis, like, the gap between the two, men, I'll say it, I don't think is that crazy. He's unbelievable. I mean, and Vlad Guerrero Jr. up there, those two guys – should be in many all star games for years to come and they'll just be keep killing the New York Yankees. No doubt about that.
1: Dude, I think it's good. I think it's a good thing they're in Canada. I mean, obviously is. you know, like Canada's not looked at as a baseball country, but it's good to expand the sport that way. Well maybe you know they throw another team back in Montreal soon. So it's a good thing to expand the sport, but right now they are not playing in Canada, so it doesn't really uh it doesn't really make a huge difference. But uh that's probably a good, good thing for baseball at this point. you got the Blue Jays playing well. so That's probably mm-hmm. a, that's a positive thing right there.
0: Yeah, Steve, listen, I mean, when Steven Matz is going six right. and two-thirds strong against the Yankees, with that Blue Jays lineup, it's going to be pretty difficult to I mean, lose. You could have guessed but that would have
1: happened, Steven Matz going to Toronto and lighting it
0: the up. For, the, former, the former Mets against the Yankees have just watched him call it. Have just absolutely been the death of them this year. But yeah, the Buff, the Buff, the Buff Jays are going to be back now. Uh, they played their final game actually in Dunedin the other day. Um, Dunedin, God. I believe, was the highest scoring ballpark out of any ballpark like so far. I mean, I guess that's what happens when you play at a single A stadium. I still don't get like how that was exactly allowed. I like the ball. You could even tell too. The ball was absolutely flying there. Uh, Mike Trout. I remember like, this is, like, a month and a half ago now, hit an absolute bomb there uh, off like yeah. of Stripling. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, even, I mean, Vlad Guerrero Jr.'s put a couple balls in crazy places there. But, uh, yeah, good for the Buff Jays. They're going back to Buffalo, uh, presumably, I believe, for the rest of the year. Of course, I bet you, like, come playoff time. I mean, who knows, because it's all about, like, the quarantining rules with, uh like, that's why... The borders not is open, Toronto. yeah. Yeah, that's, like, you know what I mean? So... But I I wouldn't be surprised, though, if the Blue Jays could sneak into the playoffs if, like, somehow they're, like, all of a sudden, like, oh, yeah, Toronto, you guys are allowed to come back and play in whatchamacallit, in Toronto. Which, I mean, would be nice because if they're going to let fans in, too, you know what I mean? Like, yes, it's probably nice playing in Buffalo for, like, the what? Like I mean, obviously those fans up there are probably Blue Jays fans, maybe honestly, because they're a lot closer there than they are like downstate to like the Yankees and Mets. But who knows really? But that'd be that'd be cool for finally the Blue Jays to be able to play in front of a true true home crowd potentially if they make the playoffs. But uh, if like I said, if Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette keep hitting their way, they get George Springer back, they can make um make a lot of noise potentially in the AL East. But uh, that's gonna do it. Uh, you got any? You got anybody else, Brox? Or so you think we co- We covered the guys who are hot so far.
1: Well, I got a breaking news that Taiwan Walker's coming back for the Mets tomorrow. So it looks like their injury woes are getting a little bit better by the day. But wouldn't count on that. Wouldn't uh. Yeah. Wouldn't bank on that for the future. But good. A good <laughs> start.
0: A good start. It, is, it is a good start. So now one last thing. Then the Mets. So the only Mets starting pitcher who hasn't hit the IL is Peterson, right?
1: Um, and Stroman.
0: Oh, and Strowman, I forgot about Strowman. Yeah. Yep, right. I'm because th- I I got one extra in my head because Carrasco, because like yeah, yeah. So Carrasco, Sinigard, Degrom, Walker. Got it. All right. Yeah. So yeah. Listen, just gotta get these guys healthy. But like we've always said, it's a marathon, <laughs> not a sprint. But that's yeah. gonna do it for today's episode. Be sure to check us out on our Instagram at the depot underscore. Check out our website too, as well. Our link is in our bio there. Uh, be on the lookout for a couple more blogs coming up, too, on the website, especially more about Major League Baseball, and especially as we get into the all-star, like, swing of thing, like the all-star kind of season now, because, I mean, it, it's approaching us, and I'm definitely pumped for that, but uh, take care, everybody. Have a good one.